Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You are listening to Three Valleys Radio. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Morris back pedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris, expanded by the deflection. It's Aaron Davis, he could win it! He probably has won it for Yeovil! Oh, and it's an opening goal! What a start! Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead! Stansfield, good turn away from Trott, goal! Hello, welcome to the Glovers Cast with me, Ian Perkins, and I'm joined by Ben Barrett and Dave Coates. Morning, gentlemen. Hello. Good morning. How are we doing? How are we? Are we good? Are we happy? Yeah, I think uh, so. Other than the, yeah. the Glastonbury drama last night. Uh, yeah, all good. All good. Yeah. Don't, a... mention, <laughs> don't mention the farm. Not so worthy farm. <laughs> uh, Clever. That was good, that. I'm not much of a... I'm not much of a, a a festivals kind of guy. It's not for me. I don't think that scene. I like a proper bed and, <laughs> you know, the ability to wash mud off. It's nice. I can yeah. in, it's all right. for. In my days. youth, in my youth, I did it. So it's like 18 something or other. I used to go. Yeah. The first one, the first field. ever. It was all fields when I went there. Yeah. <laughs> um, I stopped even... going when there was no, uh, there was the, when when the fence got so big that there was uh, there was no way around sitting on a Sunday morning and constantly redialing a number. So I gave up with it. Then. <laughs> well, you used to go before they put the fence up. 
No, not before they put the fence up. Before the fence got so high that if you jumped off it, you would literally break your legs, and there was no way to go under it either. But uh, why would so, yeah. why would you be why would why would you be on? No, the I didn't. I never once did that. I, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I, every time I bought tickets, but there was always the option that you could go under it or over it. But yeah, <laughs> some friends of mine may not be able to claim that, but I never did. So <laughs> okay. Should we talk about football? Yeah. Why not? Mike Weavis isn't listening. <laughs> Big Glover. They all listen. Big they all Glover. listen. Yeah. yeah, so Coates went incognito yesterday as an Altrincham fan. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Altrincham FC or Greater Manchester Police are listening. That is a complete <laughs> lie. And I will be suing Ian Perkins. But if they're not, then yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> um, what was it like being uh, a home fan watching your team? Can I just say it was probably, I wouldn't say the most horrible experience of my footballing life because there's been quite a few of them, uh, but it was certainly the the most frustrating experience of my footballing life because I kind of flitted between, I walked in the ground with another uh, another Yeovil fan who I won't name, I will keep anonymous for the purposes of, uh, you know, great master police not knocking on his front door as well <laughs> but um, um as so i walked in and i thought oh wouldn't it be brilliant if everyone was else was here all the people that i you know see every day when um every game when you go to an away match or something and then it got to we'll get into the game i know then it got to somewhere near the end of the second half and i thought god am i glad that everyone else isn't here because they would just be head in hand and then we got halfway through the second half and i thought oh my god wouldn't it be brilliant if everyone was here and then I got to the end and, well, we'll talk about that in a minute. So it was a very up and down kind of afternoon, but it, it was good to be to be back there. And I have always said, if I stopped supporting this club because we lost or, or, or anything, then I would have stopped supporting them many, many years ago. So, uh, yeah, there, there, there's a reason that you go to football matches. And a lot of those reasons weren't there yesterday. But the sunshine and seeing, um, uh, you know, people running around on a pitch in front of you was... Uh, was good and blimey could you see what a difference the fans uh make because uh, because I, I i did t- speak to some of my fellow altrincham fans uh at uh at the game and they were all saying uh you know how different a team this was from the one that they'd been watching uh on the streams because i think they'd lost six out of their last seven i think they'd drawn the other one um games but they were <laughs> they were up for it Again, as we will as we will discuss, there was uh, that that did not seem like a a game of two mid table teams, uh, you know, playing for nothing, like a relegation scrap or a cup cup tie or something. It was crazy. Yeah, it was a topsy turvy one for sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> the, I guess the the start was you know it started in the worst possible fashion with um, the injury to Josh Neufill and we'd like to wish him a speedy recovery and I think personally I think it's such a devastating injury for a, a player who he, I don't know he's probably been our player of the season I think in yeah. terms of the, the impact he made when he joined the fact that he's a kid who's sort of you know his first time playing um the this level I think um and he he's been an absolute revelation he's been a superstar and to see his season end with that injury, which is obviously going to impact the start to next season as well. It just feels like such a blow. Um, what was the sort of feeling, you know, when it happened? I, I, listening to the radio, it was 
everyone was very muted. I know he got applause as he went off, but um, yeah, what was the sort of feeling when that happened in the stands? Yeah, well, I mean, I was on the opposite side of the of the ground from um, where the the radio guys would have been. Um, and to be honest with you, from the angle I was looking at, it looked like a hard tackle, um, but it didn't look dangerous. It did. It wasn't. You know, the guy who tackled him didn't look to be off the ground and two-footed and all the rest of it. And I know the manager said after the game that, um, you know, what's the difference between that and the one that put Alex Bradley a red at, at, at Aldershot? And I would say absolutely nothing. <laughs> uh, in fact, that one was every bit as, you know, crunching as um, as Alex Bradley's was. Uh, but it looked a bit innocuous um, and and you didn't think, you thought, oh, he's got him there. It's going to, you know, that one's going to sting. But you didn't didn't immediately think, oh, Jesus, he's in trouble here. Um, and it wasn't until, you know, he didn't move for, you know, a good 20, 30 seconds. His teammates ran around him um, and then the stretcher came on and then a leg brace came on that you knew there was, um, that, you know, he was really in trouble. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Olchenham fans, to be fair to them, were, you know, silent. And as you say, it was very, very quiet whilst all that was going on. There were there were get, there were were points later in the game where some of our players went down and some of the, the people behind me were shouting, you know, as, as fans do. Um, but there was none of that for that one. So I think everybody recognised that it was a, you know, it was a serious injury. And as you say, uh, I don't know how it picked up on the microphones, but uh, I think everybody in that ground was applauding him when he went off the... Um, went off the pitch because didn't what was it I think 12 minutes by the time he went on I think it was six minutes when the uh when the, when the tackle went in so I mean from a purely selfish point of view I was gutted because I've never seen Justin Neufeld uh in the uh, in in the flesh, only ever seen him on the stream so I was really looking forward to seeing and that was probably the first opportunity he got to pick up the ball and uh and run with it and as you say it's um you know for a player like that who relies on his pace and his trickery to get what looks like a very serious ankle injury is, um, yeah, he's, he's gutting, isn't it, for him? I think I was thinking about it last night that the only the only half a milli saving grace is that it's two games from the end of the season and that hopefully, at the time we were recording this on Sunday morning, hopefully he'll kind of be, surgeries and things will be taking place and, he can have the summer to recover. If that had happened even three, four weeks ago, we'd be all absolutely gutted that he's going to miss so much actual football. And the truth is, he's only going to miss two games of football, um, which nobody wants to miss, but at least his recovery can be aimed towards the start of next season at Luton because there's been no, no doubt in my mind that he has been one of the star players for us this season. He's been one that everyone's looked forward to seeing. Everyone's looked forward to getting on the ball. He's been such a bright spark. He and Knowles have been sort of the reoccurring theme of the back end of the season for us. And so I just hope that he can spend this summer getting himself back. Because honestly, I don't think he's a million miles away from being in and around the Luton first team squad. I'm not sure he's going to start every game for them because of the way he plays and the way that they may be up against it in certain games. And um, he's got a good one there and Nathan Jones look after him. But uh, I think... I think he's got a bright, bright, bright future in the Football League ahead of him. Um, and we're going to be one of those. He feels like he's going to be one of those where we'll see him crop up scoring goals in the Championship, League One, League Two in the next couple of years and go, oh, yeah, we, we we did a little tiny bit of that. 
Um, yeah, I just hope he's okay. I really hope it's okay. And it's not one of those that they then never quite come back the same. That's the fear. You want him just to go, okay, this is going to suck for three months, for four months, for five months, whatever it needs to be. But when I'm back, I'm back to the level I was because without question, he's been incredible. I think the saving grace is perhaps that he is, you know, he's, was he 19? So he's still, yeah. he's still, you know, young, you know, even at 23, 24, that injury happens and you sort of fear the worst, don't you? But, um, yeah, let's hope he's uh, fully recovered by the time the season starts and he can get back to skinning people like he does so well. Yeah, quite right. Um, I mean, that sort of, that was the, the start of the game and then we seem to be battering the door down but failed to score. Um, you know, Coatsy, you're a big fan of Reuben Reed, but should he have uh, put us ahead? Coatsy's gone on mute. Oh, what's happened there? Listeners. He's muted himself. Oh, I do apologise. Come on. <laughs> yeah, when, when he said a big fan of Ruben Reed, I had to put myself on mute to, uh, Unbelievable. to com- compose myself. So I, it was also because I was drinking a cup of tea uh, at the same time and I didn't want the listeners to hear me slurping. I apologise. Um, <laughs> where was I? Yeah, it was... Uh, yeah, Ruben Reed was right on uh, my side as well for both chances. Um, uh, you know, he had two chances. He had one just before, the one that came off the post. But... Uh, yeah, I mean, I was thinking, because the first few moments in the first sort of 10 minutes of the game, there were a couple of times where the ball landed to him. And his first touch is, you know, first time I've seen him, I think it's the first time I've ever seen him in the flesh. I can't remember whether I saw him when he was with us the first time. It's obviously the first time I've seen him in the flesh in his, uh, he, uh, since he's returned. And he has got a glorious first touch, um, you know, when 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 he, he receives it, it is he can he can just kill a ball stone dead. So I was thinking to myself, oh, I'll be able to say that. I'll be able to say that tomorrow when we're talking about it. And then he missed two chances, and then uh, you know quickly um, put one off the uh, sort of hit one across the face of goal, didn't he? And put one um, against the against the post there, and then Charlie Lee had one uh, cleared off the line from a header from a corner. Um, so yeah, but by the time, uh, no, so by the time we went one nil down, we could have been, let's not say three nil up, but let's say we could have, we could be at least one nil up, possibly two nil up by that point. Um, but then it was just everything that I've seen on the live streams this season, not being able to finish chances and then a quick breakaway. And in fairness to, you know, Altrin, it, um, they broke, they broke away. Lawson Diaf, a central midfield player playing right back, was completely out of uh, out of position because he's not a right back. Guess what? Um, and uh, their blow, uh, you know, broke down down the left, ball went in, lots of ricochets and balls around, and they smashed it home. And I just thought, that's our season, isn't it? <laughs> that is just yeah. our season. Terrible injury, missed two, three chances to score, and then go and concede a goal because of a you know. A, defensive cock up basically so yeah that was that was how it was really and then Charlie Lee's chance of the line straight after uh, you know not long after that as well uh, and then conceded another one right on the stroke of half time uh, which was a was a another you know got a mark to the back post uh, 
um, you know, and uh, and just edited it in, and it just felt like uh, that forty-five minutes was a microcosm of everything that's wrong with our season. So yeah, a bit depressing, really. <laughs> Wish I'd stayed on mute now. <laughs> <laughs> it's so. It's so. I mean, the the timings of it all, the timings of the two goals, arguably make it worse. You've got the injury on 12 minutes, a couple of glorious chances then, but then 19 minutes, you're going, oh, 19 minutes on the clock. It's been all us. We've just had to sort this horrendous injury out. These lads have just seen their mate go down with what they presume is a really bad injury. Remember, we don't know at the time. Sucker punch number one, they go 1-0 up. They kind of just switched on again after the injury and after the, uh, after the couple of chances. And you think, okay, getting 1-0 down, and you kind of regroup, slap your head about, okay, fine, we're doing this, we're doing this. This is how we're going to go at it. 45 plus 8. They've scored in the 53rd minute of the first half. Yeah. There was a lot of injury time, wasn't there? In exactly. That. So, uh, what? I mean, what a time. If you go in 1-0 down, as opposed to 2-0 down, it's a different kettle of fish. It's a different, it's a different halftime team talk. It's a different uh, tactical analysis that you have to put on it. But to go in 2-0 down, then you're thinking, oh. Now what have we got to do? Suddenly it becomes a case of what what is the point? <laughs> what what are we going to do to get out of this? How are we going to, you know, it literally doubles the hill you've got to climb. Plus the mental effect of having one of your, you know, one of your best mates have a really bad injury on yeah. the pitch for you as well. Yeah. And, and one of the players who's a difference maker, you know, psychologically, yeah. that combined with who's going to pull us out of this... Um, you know, it, it was probably a difficult thing to think about, but credit to them. They, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, again, just to, just to, just to go double down on that. I imagine there are times at this season where we've kind of, some of the lads have had the thought process of, look, we're under the cosh here a bit. We're, we're getting, we're getting sort of pegged back in. Can we just get the ball to Josh? If we can just get the ball to Josh, we're at least at the other end for a minute. We're at least down the other side. We're at least trying to make things happen. We're at least trying to pick ourselves up because they haven't had the idea of the fans getting on the edge of their seat when Josh picks the ball up. So they've got to kind of almost force that. So he would have been an outlet so many times, a little bit like Knowles was. And, you know, to see to see your mate, to see the guy who, like you say, you may have, you may have ruined some of the Glover's Cast end of season awards by saying he's been our player of the season, Ian, but I think he's been... <laughs> I think he's been... The uh, spreadsheet will decide that, Ben. The spreadsheet. The spread, sorry, yeah, yeah. The spreadsheet will decide that. So, um, <laughs> to have that there, I mean, the, the gaffer said Tom Knowles was in tears on the pitch. How do you go and... How do you go back and... How do you go back and crack on? If you go back in and you go through all that and you're 1-0 down and then you have the halftime interval to just kind of reset, wash your face, okay, right, fine, let's sort it out. But they haven't. They've gone in 2-0 down and had to try and do that. And had to try and look around them and go right. Have we got any defenders? Is there any defenders in here? What what can we do? And uh, Ian, I know you. I mean, you're about to literally go into it, but the 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 balls on these lads to come back out and score three goals unanswered. I oh, staggering, absolutely staggering. I know it wasn't enough in the end, and that's fine. We'll get into that. But to come back out and just to kind of roll your sleeves up and go, we're all injured, we're all knackered. We're all done. None of this matters anymore. I really want to know how Josh is, and still go out and do all those things. That's it's. I'm I'm staggered. I'm absolutely staggered at them, and I'm yeah. I'm chuffed that they had a, the wherewithal about them and the leadership within the group to go and do that. Incredible. 
and to do all of that with so many players playing out of position. Like I said, Lawson Diaz playing right back. Carl Dickinson playing central defence. Chris Dagnall, I know he's been in midfield, but playing in midfield. Yeah, Michael Kelly's been right back, playing at left back. It's like, yeah. like you say, all those things that you've just said, plus that, plus, you know, what the season's thrown at us this season. And uh, there'll be people who listen to this said, oh, well, they're just making excuses uh, for, for these players. But I, I said it, uh, I tweeted it after the game, if the team that took us out of the league showed half the spirit and fight that, that lot I saw from that lot yesterday, yeah. we would be a league club. No question in my mind. No question at all. Yeah, I, I completely, completely agree with that last sentiment. You could line the two up against one another and this lot would batter the lot that dropped out of the Football League. They, they, Physically, there'd be a lot of bookings. There'd be a lot of bookings. <laughs> it would not end 11 men apiece. It would not. But it would be, it would be, it would be one-way traffic. It would be absolutely one-way traffic. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was so pleasing to, to get that, that, get that turnaround. And, and, and you say Carl Dickinson was at centre-back. Half of Carl Dickinson was at centre-back. Yeah. Yeah. He shouldn't, he shouldn't be playing. Lawson Diaz shouldn't be playing. He's had this ridiculously long injury. He's had 10 minutes of training and suddenly we're asking him to play not just, not just a 90 minutes out of position, but 90 minutes after playing over half the game with 10 men. Last time out, forget that. Wilco got sent off, so they've had to play with 10 men. He's played 90 minutes, 90 minutes, 86 minutes, and 24 minutes since three months off. Yeah, this is stupid. He should be getting 20 minutes here and there to get his match fitness back up. And, and he's playing right back. Bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and he's a you know, he's a player, you know, for all we know, the way we've spoken about. Lawson before he's come back is that he was probably one who was quite high up on our list that would leave the club um, and, you know, he would be well within his rights to, you know, take it easy, build his fitness up slowly and, you know, to not do any sort of long-term damage so that he can get a contract somewhere. But, exactly. you know, the that fact is that he is point. putting his body on the line when he doesn't need to, shouldn't particularly have to, um, just because he wants to get out there on that pitch and play for the Oval is, you if know. He gets, if, he, if, he, if he redoes that injury in the last game of the season, He's then out for three or four months again with no club, no income yeah. because he's been rushed back and played too many times because he has to. And yet, as the gaffer says, he's the one that knocked on the gaffer's door and went, look, I know this is against every physio's advice ever, but stick me in, gaffer. You need me. I need, a, I need to be out there. Yeah. And, and I, you know, he got, he, got some, he got some criticism in the first half, Lawson Diaz. And it was verging on bang out of order he shouldn't even be on the pitch shouldn't be even be on the pitch and he's being out there giving it everything doing his best doing their best trying to coach his 20 year old senior center back to the left of him along the way and uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I, if you you don't know Lawson Diaf and you don't know any other background to what we know about injuries and uh, being out of position or whatever. Lawson Diaz had an absolute nightmare in that first half because he did yeah. he did get caught out so 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 many times. But like you say, it's the context in it of all of that. Yeah. Everything that we've just discussed for the last five minutes or so, that's what what, what needs to be put across when you when when you're thinking about it. Um 
uh, when you're thinking about the, the performance that he did. Because he did have a poor first half, it's fair to say. But, you know, in the context of things, uh, just <laughs> him just being out there and doing what he did was uh, was was quite something. But yeah, I mean, this is a bloke who's spent the majority of his career playing as a number 10. Yeah. So <laughs> to suddenly yeah. be an effective right back is, yeah. um, you know, it is very much a square peg in a round hole. I mean, and, and let's and if we go down the, the the almost pecking order of right backs that we've had this season, Bradley would be your number one suspended, not available for a questionable red card. Kelly was number two. He's now had to go to left back because the left back we've had to use has had to go into centre back. Number three was Josh Neufill, who we all agree probably wasn't his position, but he has done it a couple of times, so he may have been next in line. But he's just gone off injured with a broken ankle. Crikey, okay, so your mate in front of you, who you're thinking, well, at least I've got Josh Neufel in front of me. I can just get the ball to him and go, nope, that's now happened. That's now gone. Okay, so he's now got a new partner in front of him, Emmanuel Sanupe, who by all accounts is doing nothing wrong at the moment. So that's now, so Lawson Diaz had to go there. Worthington's done it a couple of times, hasn't he? He did it a couple of times last season, did it a couple of times this season. Injured, not available. So we're now down to fifth, sixth choice right backs. Short of me, short of coach, you jumping on the pitch and going there. I'll do this, mate. Yeah, no one needs. I that. don't know what else. I don't know what else you're gonna do. You're gonna chuck a kid in. What? I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't even know where Adam Heaton plays. I think he's a midfielder, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Yeah. So what are you gonna do? Dagnall yeah. fancy it? <laughs> yeah. Does everything else? Yeah. You know, to 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 hear Lawson Diaz being criticised, to hear that defence being criticised yesterday. Just there wasn't enough balance of context. That's all I want. You're allowed to criticise. The beautiful thing about football is you're allowed an opinion. I'm allowed to sit here and have an opinion. You are. Anyone's allowed to sit and say they're not defending very well. That's absolutely fine. But the sheer lack of context. I was I was angry yesterday. You guys have seen the WhatsApp group that I was texting you for. I was angry. I was what angry at some of the what? language that I was reading, that I was hearing, that I was that I was getting. I, I turned I, I turned the radio off. I turned my phone off. I went and played with my son for the second half until until the second and third goals went in. I just had to get away because it was really winding me up that we were just not we were not having any context. It's okay to say someone's not playing particularly well, but it's also okay to kind of go. But I forgive them because they shouldn't even be out there. But I forgive them because he's only got one leg. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's all. That's all I want to do. You're allowed to say. Lawson Diaz was probably out of position for that goal. That's fine. But we have to add to the context. And that wasn't happening anywhere enough. And I got really riled up and really angry yesterday. Really angry at some of the language that I was absorbing. It was it was amateur, I think, at one point I saw. Um, it was unprofessional. It was outrageous. <laughs> He's getting wound up again, isn't yeah. he? I know. No, I shall, so... shall we talk about the good bits? Yeah, Let's Coatsy. talk about the good bits. Coatsy, obviously, so... at this point, you're sat on your hands, obviously, um, and trying not to show too much excitement. Uh, what was the reaction of the fans sat around you and uh, they're, you know, seeing this 2-0 lead disappear? Uh, yeah, well, I was stood up, so I couldn't sit on my hands. Oh, okay. I had to put them in my, I, I them in my pockets instead, <laughs> but... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, um, but I, I mean, it, it was everything, uh, and I do agree with Ben. I know we had we've had to cut him off for his own uh, his own safety. I think he's going to combust. Two footed, that is. That's a two footed tackle. No, um, not not compared to what I was feeling yesterday. No, <laughs> I know. This, that's this, why. Is, this is completely more mellow, and rule, I have rule two. I have, I have rule two has kicked in right and big time. But and I shouldn't have bitten because I shouldn't have read what I read. I shouldn't have gone down that route. I know I shouldn't have done my own fault for 
giving people with agendas even half a millisecond of my airtime. Um, but yeah, I was He's angry. Gone again. He's gone I know. Again. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm. I'm now gonna mute. I'm now gonna mute, and you talk about the good stuff. Yeah, you just. Okay. You just talk on mute. Yeah. Well, currency talk. Right. Okay. While he's going. Okay. Well, I mean, the the one thing I point out that I don't know if you could see if anyone was watching on the stream or or listening on the radio, but there was actually quite a strong wind uh, going towards the goal. Uh, where they'd scored twice in the first half and we were obviously shooting towards in the second half. Um, and so I don't know if you could see it, but it, it definitely made a difference because myself and my fellow Yeovil fan commented a couple of times how it, um, how the ball kind of held up when they were, um, uh, when we were trying to clear it and then how it seemed to go with some fury when, uh, when they were putting it forward in the first half. And in the second half, um, I mean, First goal was a was a lovely bit of interplay between I think it was Reed Reed was involved and I think uh, Dagnall was as well and Sanupe got through it and again similar to what he did against Kings Lynn very uh, you know calm cool finish um, so yeah then I then I just kind of looked at uh, looked at my mate and was like right don't cheer don't cheer don't cheer. <laughs> which is the the amount my tongue was in pieces by then I have to say because <laughs> I'd bitten it that many times the amount of times I wanted to shout. Go on, Charlie. Go on, Nosey Gifford. Go on. Like that. Or shout at the referee or <laughs> all the things. If anyone's ever stood next to me at a game of football, you will have heard me shout. Um, I couldn't, and I couldn't do any of them because there were signs up outside the ground that said, uh, home supporters only, visiting supporters will be um, refused entry and no refunds will be given. And there were, <laughs> there were stewards everywhere. So I was thinking, I can't let on. I can't let on. I am going to get chucked out here. And uh, so, so is my mate probably. But, um, but yeah. And then the second goal, um, again, uh, I think it was Reed uh, who, um, uh, no, actually, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. There was a chance for quickly just before that that was Reed was involved in. Um, but it was Adam Smith. So, again, long ball forward, wind assisted. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, you know, Quigley did ever so well um, to get hold of it. And it was a, you know. A nice lifted finish over the, um, over the keeper, a, a deft touch, you could call it. And then three minutes later, free kick into the box, Charlie Lee with a header. And I literally put my hands, stuffed my hands in my pocket, looked at the guy next to me and went, we can't celebrate, can we? Can we? <laughs> we, we did. So, um, so, yeah, but um, I do remember when that third goal went in, somebody behind me shouted, I told you so. I told you that was going to happen. <laughs> um, and, and uh, yeah, you could not hear a pin drop, I say, except for the sound of me biting down on my tongue to... Uh, Stop me from my internalize my screaming. So it was, it was, uh, yeah, quite a, quite a comeback, I have to say. But uh, that was the point where I thought, God, I wish there were some people I could jump on here. <laughs> but there wasn't anyone. I mean, having gone on Tuesday and yeah. being able to experience, experience that, how you managed to hold your tongue and not shout, oh. "Go on, Charlie!" every time Charlie Lee picked up the ball. I have no, I have no idea because literally no. on on Tuesday every time he got the ball I shouted go on Charlie. Like, yeah. it's just a you know it's just a instinctive reaction at this point. Um, Tom Knowles as well. The first time I've seen Tom Knowles and he didn't have his best game uh, yesterday. He you know whether he was shaken by what happened to Josh Noyfield. Yeah. Uh, you know they they gave him some attention, so we say. So they'd obviously he was a bit of a marked man, but um, yeah, he didn't. He did. There were a couple of occasions where where he got forward, but yeah, there were so many times where <laughs> I wanted to scream but couldn't. So yeah, it's a very strange. It's going to my nosey. 
<laughs> there he is. back now. I've calmed <laughs> down. Have you calmed? Have um, you thought about what you've done? <laughs> yeah, I've had I've had a lemon drizzle digestive biscuit, and I'm okay now. Oh, nice. good. Yeah, fine. Are they good? They're delightful, by the way. Okay. They're delightful. Some of the others, the hazelnut ones, has got like a like a layer of hazelnut in it. It becomes a bit chewy. It's not the case with the lemon drizzle ones. They just crumble like a normal digestive biscuit, mm. but with the flavour, it's nice. I can I can hear Chris Sweet taking notes about this, ready to fire <laughs> oh, in good. some stinging. Uh, there we yeah. go. But yeah, uh, so that's a good bit. That was a good bit, and and it was good. You know, I did really enjoy seeing that, and that made me think, ah, oh, yeah, this is why I do it. This is why I do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, you need to remind yourself that sometimes, don't you? But um, yeah, yeah, you do. And then, I mean, the manager said after how you know they were out basically out on their feet towards yeah. the end of the game and the fatigue just they weren't able to um stop crosses they weren't able to go that extra mile and when you think about the length of the game with all the stoppage in the first half and the yeah. stoppage time in the second half they've been out there on that pitch for a hell of a long time as well it wasn't just a you know 90 minutes and done was it it was uh, a long time um for injured players to be playing and I, and I think I messaged you guys just before we scored our third, maybe, and said, oh, I think Dickinson's in trouble here. Because he was literally holding his knee, I think it was, uh, and, and, and hobbling around the pitch. You know, there were players, like, tearing around him. And he was, he looked like, he literally, I think the manager said after the game, he was like he was on a pogo stick because he had one leg. And it was literally like that. I thought, he's going off. And who are we going to bring on? Because, again, something the manager said after the game, at that point, with 3-2 up, that's where you go, you know, let's say you've got Luke Wilkinson or Josh Daunton or any of these players, Daunton, Matt Worthington. Yeah. That's where you bring them in to tighten the game up, hold the get, you know, hold the game to pieces. And, and, and who did we have? We had Toby Stevens, uh, uh, Adam Heaton and Max Evans, skullkeeper. <laughs> who can you bring on? I know people have said we should blood the youngsters and we should do all of that. But that game, as I say, was not for the faint hearted. There was tackles going in left right center that was not the place for you would literally a bloodied youngsters and we won't go into you know my leg and blood streaming down it but oh. the, <laughs> i had to get that in somehow didn't i <laughs> every podcast um but uh but yeah that was not, that pe- people you know young players not experienced in that kind of atmosphere could have got hurt we've yeah. seen experienced players get hurt i and, think um, one thing to say on on that is one person at Yeovil Town Football Club has experience of youth development at the highest level of football, and the majority of Yeovil Town supporters don't. Um, so I think you know we should probably lean on that experience when deciding when to play young players. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. But the outcome of the our position um, was that. We ended up those last, I think it was five minutes. I think there were another good five minutes of injury time because uh, one of their players, one of their players, I don't know, is their right back, I think he was. He had a really shaky first half, cut a bang on the head and had to have a, you know, a full bandage around his head and everything. And he was unstoppable after that. <laughs> the guy who I was there with said to me a couple of times, you should give him a knock on the head more often. He's been brilliant. <laughs> Because <laughs> you see him when you see the highlights, you'll see him with his you know, bandies around his head. I think he was maybe involved in their last two goals. Um, but they—I uh, mentioned it in my um, in my match report—they were obviously able to bring players on the bench, off the bench, sorry, 
And um, one of the players they brought on, Tom Piers, uh, I looked up when I was doing the match report, played 31 times this season, scored five goals. He came off the bench for them. Um, and a minute after coming on, he scored. So that's the difference because Altrinham didn't have any injuries from the people around me that I spoke to. Um, yeah, pretending to be an Altrinham fan. Uh, trying to get information out of them about it. It was very strange. I did feel like a private eye at one point. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, it's not an excuse. I think it, it's not an excuse. I, I think it is just a fact that we are in a very different position at the end of this season than they are. They're a part-time team. Yeah, they can, you can use that factor against them, but they are in a very different position to their, and as I said at the beginning, fans undoubtedly made a difference for for them because they lifted their game. Yeah, I thought you were going on going to go on a Rafa facts rant then. <laughs> facts, yeah, <laughs> these are the facts. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It was, um, yeah. I think it was a classic of like we've reached a really positive point in the game, and then you know it's all come crumbling down. But you know that's football. That's the story. That's what we like. Yeah, yeah. That's what we like, and. I think, you know, who were the players the manager called out about shouldn't be on the pitch? Dicko, Lawson Diaf, Charlie Lee as well, I think. Yeah. Um, You know, just, I I think in a season or so, I think maybe we'll look back and think what a job they did just to even get us on the pitch at at that point. Um, Like how the season's gone and, you know... (laughs) We say it every time, but we cannot wait for this season to to be over. We've only got one more game, and then you know we don't have to worry about who's going to be playing in what position for a few months because the season will be over. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and yeah, then Matt Hancock got, got the winner. Yeah, and then went back to sort out COVID uh, and all of that. <laughs> Has yeah. he done any of that? Has he? Well, yeah, yeah, all right. Let's not get Easy into fella. politics, but yeah, just to explain that to uh, everyone who, who doesn't read my match report, uh, uh, Josh Hancock scored Altrincham's uh, fourth and winning goal, and uh, my match report for a good, you know, twelve hours said Matt Hancock did it. So God knows what's going through my head at the time, but there we go. Uh, and you know, I think our weekend didn't kick off in the brightest um, form, did it? With the news that came out on Friday night, which. You know, nothing is con- news. News. news in inverted <laughs> commas. Nothing news. is nothing is confirmed, but you know, it's... nothing has basically been said. <laughs> this is this is red top speculation. Yeah. That's all this is. Yeah, I, I exchanged a few messages with um, some South End fans last night on Twitter, including um, someone who created the, I think it's South End Simply or Simply South End, whatever the Twitter account was that that, that announced, um, and let, let, let's put the news out there if anyone didn't hear it, announced that Reese Murphy had signed for South End. Um, and uh, and they, the two fans that I spoke to said, oh, well, we don't 100% know that. We don't know where they've got the facts from. Uh, we don't know that there's any truth in this. But it, it seems to be that... Um, the South End local newspaper had reported that two players had signed for them, one being a striker, one being a midfield player, neither of which could be announced because their parent clubs, their current clubs, current employers, season hadn't finished. Therefore, you assume that's a, a non-league team. Um, and then probably... Or Premier League team. Or <laughs> Premier League team. Yeah, could be. Could be. <laughs> it's 
character. Um, <laughs> uh, and then probably put together the fact that Reese Murphy is from, lives in Dagenham or around there somewhere, I think, Essex, or certainly southeast, and um, uh, and the fact that he hadn't signed a contract. So uh, I think, as, as we said in our report on this, they could be spot on in those mathematics, but there's nothing to say that they, they are. So, yeah, news, let's put inverted commas around. Air speech marks around news. Rumours. The I mean, the manager said in his press conference on Thursday that um, that Murphy hasn't accepted any of their offers, you know, which suggests that we've put in more than one to him. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, the writing's on the wall, isn't it? I, yeah. think, I think it is. I think he's going, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think go. he's going, it's just where. Yeah. Um, and then Tom Seymour gave us a, a beacon of hope late last night mm. while we were waiting for a Glastonbury while we were waiting this for a Glastonbury stream. Um, that Albie Skendy and Matt Worthington do have uh, Yeovil Town can extend their their contracts. They have options on the contract that they can extend them. So um, I think we are all you know unanimous in the fact that we should definitely do that. Yeah, I think I think there's actually a slightly wider. A wider point here. I don't remember actually um, during the football league years us ever really having options on players. Was well, it ever well, built into contract? Worthington's must be from when we signed him in that that January because we, we signed him when we were still in the football league, didn't we? We did. You're right. Yeah, that January right. transfer window. So Worthington's. I just, I just must... don't remember it being a thing because how many how many summers have we gone through these mass turnovers? Where we've either had to negotiate from scratch, or or we've lost a dozen players a season. Yeah. But this season we seem to well, we've got two Worthington, Skendy. We seem to believe Reed is also going to stay. Whether that's an option or whether that's just a, a renegotiation, we don't know. But that's two, maybe three players where we've got it written down of look, if this goes well and we're happy with the situation, we want to think forward. Yeah. So that's that's not that's not a bad thing to even have those things built in. I agree with you. It's a no brainer that we keep both. Um, I was gonna, I was gonna play devil's advocate, lads, with you two. If you had to have one or the other, if you had to have one or the other, they're both on exactly the same contract. Financially, it is exactly the same to keep both of them, to to keep either. But re- financial restrictions of next season mean you can only have one. Which way are you going? You want to go first, Ian? <laughs> Do you want me to go first? Um, uh, now I could, I could give you mine now if you want. I'm going to say Worthington. I keep. I'd say the opposite. I'd say Albie. Yeah. Just because of his versatility, of his ability to play in uh, in, in different positions, if you didn't know what versatility meant. Um, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah, thanks for that. Um, uh, but uh, also, he's... I mean, Worthington's a great player, got a great engine. Uh, you know, he's um, uh, he, he is a very good, talented player. I think Albie just brings something else and I know I've uh, criticised him and I know Ben has criticised him before um, and he has frustrated me and there's times I think why or why is he playing why isn't someone else playing but I think over the course of a season if I if I had to have one or the other obviously my preference would be to have both but if I had to have one or the other I'd have I'd have Albie sorry Ian that's all right you you're allowed an opinion <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to disagree with my boss that's all it is yeah or boss is we've been over this. this we've been over this opinions are fine just add context it's fine my rambling and, I, and I i would want to keep worthington because he's 23 years old with the best years of his career ahead of him which how old's albie he's like 27 28 
was he? I think so. He's still a very young man then. <laughs> um, I'm going to try and find out. Yeah, I'm just on it. We're all looking. This 20, is going to be yeah, great radio. 27 years old. Um, oh, so, and I think, you know, with my obvious business hat on, um, you know, I think a good couple of years out of Worthington and he's going to be worth more than Albie Skendy will be at 29. Just, yeah. That's fair. That's, that's probably fair. What about you, yeah. Ben? You You've asked a question. Oh, Come on. see, why, why, would you, <laughs> why would you turn it back around on me? <laughs> um, I think I think I would side just with Worthington. Um, I want them both. I, I genuinely think Skendy's a proper centre-back, by the way. I yeah. still I, I still stand by it that he's a proper centre back who can do the other stuff quite well rather than being a number ten who kind of sits in the centre back occasionally. I think if I think long term, I think we flip it. Skendy is a centre back who can do other stuff. Um but I think, yeah, I think Worthington has the potential to be worth uh, to be worth Miles Hipperlike money in a year, two time, eighteen months time. That's that's that thought process, I think. So yeah. Probably the, just Worthington, but I'm 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 in agreement. Businessmen in you, isn't it? I know, but I am of I'm of the agreement that we almost certainly keep both. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I think I think that that we 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 had a question about about this actually. Uh, Paddy, hello Paddy, always listening. Um, Worthington, Skendy, Worthington, not Madden, yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely Madden's next week. Uh, Stop <laughs> Uh Likely players for next season: Worthington, Skendy, yet to be confirmed. Obviously, Hunt, Bradley, Wilco, confirmed. Uh, Quiggs, Reed, and Kelly. Kelly, we're unsure of. Reed, we went. We're waiting on confirmation of. He didn't mention Knowles either. Either, either by the way, or Staunton. But or Staunton. Um, is this the basis of a decent squad? I'd argue it probably is. It's decent. It's not. It's not world beating yet. It's not going to win the league just yet, because we know that we've got players in areas that are going to need replacing. We're going to need to replace Josh Neufeld might be Sanupe, it might be someone else. We know we're going to probably need to replace Murphy. And we're probably going to have to replace a goalkeeper. So there are, But it just as a bit of a core, a bit of an ability to start writing players' names down on a bit of paper and go, well, that makes sense. Those two can play centre-back. He can go at right-back. He can go at left-back. Yes, it's not far away. It's not going to be a 12-15 player turnover this summer, is it? So we're starting to look at things like continuity. We're starting to look at things like can we just supplement what we already have with a bit of uh, loany quality or, or the odd freebie, for example? So it's not a million miles away from being an 11 that I would be happy to put out in this league. Yeah, I mean, that sort of goes on. We, we had a question from Jude Horsepool on Twitter asking, where do we find the next Murphy? Um, I mean, I don't, I don't know the answer to that question, but I think the fact that we found a Murphy and the amount of players that there are around you know there's release list the the re- retained and release lists have been this feels like the first season where it's really been a bit crazy in that you know yeah. it's like oh who's on this list who's on this list um I, I i'm optimistic that there is that type of player out there that will be able to get some goals out of next season i think we'll i, I do think we'll find it because we found it before and those players are they are there and you think I mean it sounds silly but the Premier League hasn't finished yet so the Premier League's released and retained list will have knock-on effects to those in the championship so if a player gets released out of the 
Premier League and is snapped up by a Championship, a League One player, a League One club, suddenly the striker that they've kept hold of suddenly needs a loan deal because they're all going one down the pecking order. And that kid who might well have been in the squads had they not had that knock-on effect is suddenly looking for an outlet. So actually, that list is only going to get bigger once things like the Premier League, the SBL's kind of finished. So things in Scotland, you think number of players you might end up in uh, coming back down from Scotland, those sort of leagues start finishing. Those those divisions are going to start. Those those numbers of players are going to be huge. It feels feels fairly big. I follow a as a I've got a WordPress blog, footballfragmento.wordpress, who just lists them all, and the list is massive. You're looking at teams like Birmingham and Blackburn. They're getting rid of dozens of players. Yeah, Bristol City. It's seven or eight lines long, and they're only up the road. So you look about someone. You look at the players that are on lists. I mean, I'm not saying we're going to go and sign all these lads from Bristol City, but if they go and end up at Bristol Rovers, well, then the guys at Bristol Rovers are then further down their pecking order. Suddenly they're thinking, oh God, Bristol Rovers have just gone and signed this good player. I'm now not going to get in. If you need a goalkeeper, goalkeepers are 10 to the dozen at the best of times. But wherever Rene Gilmartin goes to from Bristol City, he's going to knock their goalkeeper down the pecking order. And he's going to go, oh, great. Well, I'm not going to go play now. I'm off to go play with, go, going to find some games somewhere. Adam Smith seemed to have a good time at Yeovil last year. He played every game. Brilliant. Cracking. I'll go there. So I'm, I'm not worried about, about trying to find numbers. I'm really, really not. You can, you can get players in very, very easily this summer, I think. Yeah, I think my the, I guess not worried about finding the players, but I want to find the players early and actually have yeah. a proper preseason because as we've said to death on this podcast, we've last two seasons have been like probably the least <laughs> the least ideal preparation for a season of football. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's the least that that's the least that this this club, this this management team deserve is a is a is a, a proper long settled crack at a, a pre-season it's the, it's the least that they deserve and the ability to start putting that in and i've noticed that the last couple of managers press conferences have started to mention things like a long pre-season i'm, I'm hopeful we might start seeing things like friendlies announced starting to put plans in place when are we going to get home games when are we going to get away games when is hanley town when are we going when are we all off to stoke um things like that so yeah hopefully that starts filtering through pretty soon yeah, I think is that the first Glover's Cast live game is it? Hanley Town in preseason. <laughs> Ian's going to make the long drive up. We'll make this slightly shorter drive down. Yes, <laughs> I think in the middle. The other thing that um, was worth noting. So, I mean, Reed Reed is definitely a done a done deal. We just don't know about it because the manager said yesterday there was a, he actually did a pre match conference yesterday, um, yeah, before the game, which was unusual. Uh, which he said that. They're expecting more from Reed, and want, and he's expecting more from himself. Um, <clears throat> and once he's got a full preseason, um, that they'll hopefully be able to get that out of him next season. So, you know, there's just nothing in writing, but you know, I, I think we can. It's safe to assume that Ruben Reed will be with us next year for sure. There's nothing in writing that they're going to get more out of him, or there's nothing in writing. That well, I haven't, I, I haven't, I haven't written it up yet. But all <laughs> oh, right, okay, right. <laughs> yeah, I, I also would like to see more out of him next season by way of goals. Um, but as I said, uh, as I did, I think I did say when we were talking about the game today, I did see he has got a beautiful touch. 
Uh, I mean, there were times where I wanted to scream at him, you know, make a move, make some effort. But uh, I mean, I know he's not a Reese Murphy. He's not a, you know, he's not, he, well, he's, he's not a Reese Murphy and he's not a Joe Quigley because Joe Quigley, God love him. Oh, and Chris Dagnall as well. That man never stops, literally never stops running. And he did live up to his reputation of liking to kick people as well because he kicked a couple up in the air. But, um, but yeah, I mean, Ruben Reed is not that kind of player. And I realise I have to accept that in my, in my heart. But I did see a lot of good things out of him. Um, there was a lot of frustrating things and a lot of things that I thought, if he just did that, you could have done that and whatever. So, yeah, um, maybe some of those things will be the things that he can he can bring out of him, but I'll stop there, otherwise I'll get put on mute as well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is it is like it's unusual, isn't it? Because we're we're this season is you know there's nothing to play for. It's petering out. We can't wait for the end of it. But players like Lawson the Aff, I mean, they're they're playing themselves into like my thinking of. You know, he's had a good yeah. four games straight after injury. Two of you wanted rid of him, and I was the only one. The ruthless <laughs> businessmen said we couldn't afford him last week, and I was the only one. And now, look, the tables are turning. You know, and seeing Charlie Lee in person has made me think, bloody hell, we need him next year for sure. Like, it's, you know, and I, don't, I know some people thought that all along anyway, but I was sort of, up, you know, I was erring on the side of letting both him and Jimmy Smith go, but. The, the way the season's finished and the impact they're having, um, you know, it, it, there's so much, you know, to think about and the context is is key, as we all know. Um, excellent use of the, excellent use of context. Big fan of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And right. Carl Dickinson, we want him to stay as well, don't we? He can put well. a play out to him. <laughs> can, he can he do both? Can he do both? He can do both. Can play and manage there and play for us. Just play all their games on a Sunday and a Wednesday. It'd be fine. Are they, yeah. are they a Sunday league team or no? no, no. They're in uh, Northwest Counties, I think, aren't they? Northwest Counties. Uh, I think they've shifted have sideways they with the reshifting. Oh, yeah, that's carnage, isn't it? You see, there's quite a lot of clubs who've said, you know, like that live turn, on. Live there are on clubs them. turning down promotions. Yeah, because their players all come from one area. Because most of their games are from one area, even though their club is in a different area. It's Ooh. So can can I just give because um, our friend Yorks Glover, Colin, nice to see you, um, mentioned uh, about the spreadsheet. So and I know everybody has been hanging uh, on yeah, the, I've on lost, the spreadsheet. I've lost sleep over this actually. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I haven't updated it for yesterday uh, yet, um, but I I had updated it all the way up to Maidenhead. Um, now. In, in in the rankings, because as anyone who's been following this saga will know, um, we went a long time, but we just didn't draw a game. Um, <laughs> and therefore, the spreadsheet was beautiful because, you know, wins and losses is a, is a lot easier to do. Um, when draws came in, I had to, it got a little bit more complicated and my partner had to come up with some crazy Excel formula to, to do it. Um, but so number one and number two in um, our rankings are Adam Smith and Albie Skendy. You probably expect because uh, Smith has obviously played every game and Skendy's played a lot of them, hasn't he? Who do you think, if you had to guess, who number three, four, five, and six were um, of our of, of of that list in in order? Got Adam Smith, Albie Skendy. Who do you think comes next in third? Yeah, Dicko. Didn't you tell us this? Yeah, Dicko's high up there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So Dickinson. Yeah, is is is, is third, and then fourth. 
Max Hunt? No, he's fifth. Yeah, I wouldn't have had Max Hunt up there. Well, I might have had. There's only one. There's only one out. <laughs> yeah, he's only one out. Yeah. I, well, that's what I'm saying. I, I wouldn't have had him up there at all. I wouldn't have guessed him for fifth. Um, in, in the I, scores, in the in the points um, that they, they they gain, there is quite a big difference between fourth and um, fourth and fifth. Knowles? No. Knowles is sixth. Mm. Is Kelly up there? No, he's not. He's Noyfield. Further down. Noyfield, yeah. Just Noyfield. So it goes Adam Smith, Albie Scandy, Carl Dickinson, Just Noyfield, Max Hunt, Tom Knowles, Billy Sass Davis, <gasps> Ruben Reed. Well, it just goes to show how they different went. the second half of our season was to the first half of our season, doesn't it? Does. Well, that, yeah, that 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 was my thought with Michael Kelly. I was thinking, right, who's played who's played the second half of the season? Yeah, yeah. When when we did this, when I hadn't added the first half of the season into it, I think Michael Kelly was bottom and Carl Dickinson was top, and that was when we just had wins and losses as well. <laughs> um, but Michael Kelly is yeah comfortably mid table, shall we say? Yeah, I mean he's sort of he's gone from just having to be forced to be played at right back, hasn't he? <laughs> Like yeah. he wasn't really he was around the squad more so than playing, wasn't he? Until the major injury crisis hit. Um, I thought he did well yesterday as well. I like yeah, I thought he was good on Tuesday. I, I yeah. thought he, he looks to me he looks like a tidy player, and I would I think we should keep hold of him for sure. Yeah. Right. All right. So all the spreadsheet news out there, people can sleep. In their beds, you know, not lose any more sleep about that. We'll have to upload it onto the website. Yeah, I'm going to have to. If you're willing to, if you're willing to, you know, put it out in the public, and it's not just fake. It's not this. You just (laughs) no. It is actually. It is actually here. Yeah, yeah. I don't quite understand the formula uh, behind it, but I can get my partner to explain it to me, Um, (laughs) and then I can write some kind of explanation. But yeah, it it, does. There are lots of things it doesn't take into account, like. You know, he suggests that if a player comes on for nine minutes of the, at the end of a game that we won, that they were involved in winning that game, which they were technically, I suppose, but they weren't as involved as other people. Yeah, that kind of. <laughs> it's not weighted to minutes played. No, I, I, I don't have that kind of level of uh, Excel skills. <laughs> and we're using this spreadsheet for the Glover's Cast End of Season Awards. Which are named. Go on, give them the name. Oh no, we're not. No, I'm not. Come on, I can't give them that yet. I'm, we, oh. we, we need logos. I haven't got the trophies engraved. We need logos. <laughs> I, I haven't. I haven't got the. I haven't got the trophies. To be fair. Um, so um, yeah, we're not giving the name just yet. Not just yet. Oh. Now people what? are going to be back for that, aren't they? Want to know the name? Exactly. Announce the name. Hashtag announce the name. <laughs> there what? you go. There's there is for your uh, your strapline for this we can, podcast. We can make um we can make certificates and send them to the club. That'd be yeah. good, wouldn't it? Oh, because they won't go straight in the bin. <laughs> Why? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll put them in gold. Like Jimmy we'll, said, we'll Jimmy put said them in the gold day, envelopes. In gold envelopes? <laughs> Who are you? Who are you? Noel Edmonds or something? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's dated me now, isn't it? That's it has, yeah. That's all right, isn't it? Noel yeah. It's oh. all right. That makes me Mr. Blobby, I think. That's, that's the biggest <laughs> issue of it. I'll put them oh. in a red box. There's a bit more yeah. of an up-to-date Noel Edmonds game. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to see Ian in a in a gold bow tie that spins around when he presses a button or something. You don't <laughs> want to see me in a blobby suit. What's the matter with you? Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that goes out saying. Well, we wouldn't see you. It'd just be blobby. <laughs> we would, how would we know it's you? 
I think we've Where's got. Where's this going? Lads? <laughs> yeah, Where's this going? We've, oh, quick! We've re- it back. Yeah, we've reached. <laughs> we've reached the hour mark. <laughs> yeah. Anything else you want to talk about? I think we should say thanks for all the lovely comments about Jimmer's yeah. podcast. Yes. Yes. Because brilliant. they are the, the the people are clamouring for a sequel. Wow. There you go. They want. They want to know more. What did to do next? <laughs> <laughs> We should offer Belanza a right to apply on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. What spirit <laughs> did he buy next? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I can confirm I have emailed the Slovenian champions in my best Google Translate <laughs> Slovenian to try and see if Vitaly Maximenko is available for comment on the, uh, the doings of the final. I shall report back. I'm not holding up much hope. I probably have offended the good people of NK Olympia of Slovenia. But you turned the R's the other way around. Yeah. yeah, we tried. We tried. I did my best. Havar Vam, I think is thank you. And that's how I ended. <laughs> you so hope fine. you hope it's thank you. Either that or I told the <laughs> yeah. stuff off. Yeah. yeah. We've got we've gone full Ron Burgundy here, haven't we? <laughs> uh but yeah, the, the 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 chat with Jimmer, um, yeah, it was it was great. I think you know, I was so tired on Thursday having just finished it and then to see all the, the feedback, you know, it was a really enjoyable conversation and just brought back lots of lots of memories. I went back through my Instagram and found the pictures of the trophy with Blue Kaling and Gary Johnson and was a bit freaked out by how close I was with other people um, at the time, looking at what we're doing now. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. all a bit weird. Social distancing yeah. is not a thing. I've, I've no idea how you're going to do an open-top bus parade without with, with no social distancing involved. It's strange, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was it was very fun to record and i think obviously the feedback's been brilliant and obviously it was fun to listen to for people as well so yeah thanks to jimmer we'll do part two for sure i think definitely, definitely. absolutely got a whole the, summer to fill yet lads <laughs> the darren way years sponsored by the banner <laughs> <laughs> oh let's go let's knock this on the end <laughs> Cheers, Cheers, gents. gents. Thank Thanks you very much. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Boris backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening.